And we're ever looking outside of ourselves and ever chasing after those things outside of ourselves, thinking that that's going to be our fulfillment. The next bite of the cookie. I say, take the cookie and crumble it up and drop it to the ground and just leave the crumbs behind you. Don't look back and see who you are after you give up the cookie. After you give up all those things in the world that you think you need, who are you then? That's the thing that you are to experience in these meditations is waking up to the truth of who you are, to the identity of self as soul, to know the truth of who you are, and to begin the journey of awakening, and to begin the journey home, begins in meditation. It isn't in asking questions. It isn't in getting answers. It isn't in pursuit of anything in this creation. Because believe me, you've been there and you've done that. And you've done there and been that. It's around and around in a circle. It really is. So if that's the truth, then there's nothing else for you to do here. That's why you're ready to go home. That's why you're here listening to this talk today. That's why you've been initiated. That's why you're meditating upon the name of God. Because you have done it all. There is no place to go. There is nothing to do except one place to go and one thing to do. And that is to go inside. That's the place. And the thing to do is to chant the name of God and hold your attention upon the Lord in loving and wake up into that loving Lord that resides in you and let the loving Lord that is your soul in you then begin the journey home into the fullness of the loving Lord of all creation. And it all is inside. So yes, you may say, well, I'm meditating every day. I'm chanting the name of God every day. I'm doing that. And I say to you, are you doing it to the point that you have experience? Are you doing it, giving yourself enough time to rise above all those elements of self that are the distractions of this creation so that you begin to have experience of your own soul, to truly know it, and to truly begin to wake up into the divine that you are. And what is the experience I'm talking about? Is it out of body? Is it seeing things in the spiritual eye? What is experience? Experience is peace. It's quiet. It's centeredness. It's joy. And it may be other things beyond that. But the true experience of meditation upon the audible life stream is merging into that divine flow of the river of loving. Merging in and becoming one with the call of God, the audible sound that can only be heard by the ear of the soul inside. Merging into that sound more and more until you and the sound are one. There is no separation. You are the song of God. You are the voice of God calling out. Merging in 
to that divine light of your own soul, seeing that light, merging into that light, becoming one until you are that divine light of soul. And that radiance of the light of the soul is radiating out into all of your beingness, filling your beingness with its radiance. And aware of itself, moving, moving evermore into the divine light, merging and becoming brighter and brighter in the merging of God's light as it continues on this inner journey home to God. So don't let the word experience step between you and God. Have nothing between you and the Lord. Not even that thing that I've been talking about for so long now in this discussion and in other times, experience. Experience isn't about seeing things on the inner. It isn't about hearing things on the inner. It's about waking up. Waking up. Becoming aware of who you are in another beingness, another place beyond this physical consciousness. Waking up into your joy, into your enthusiasm, into your peace, into that grace that is God in you. Waking up and just being in the stillness, in that quiet. And then let God reveal, share, bring to you whatever else is to be your experience on this inner journey. And it's the same for all of us and it's different for all of us. It's different because of how we are waking up, because of our experiences that we've had in all of creation up to this point. And it is different because God is having different experience in each of us in order to understand this level of creation and this action of awakening in each of us. So allow it to be what it is for you. And do not look to your neighbor and compare your experience to the other. Rejoice that others are having experience and rejoice that you're having yours. And you may be sitting there and going, but I'm having no experience, Jim. What are you talking about? I can rejoice in their experience, baby, but I can't rejoice in mine. I'm not having experience. Well, maybe you are and you just don't know it. You know, there have been times where Brian and I have sat with people and been talking with them and they'll say just that. You know, Jim, I'm not having any experience. Brian, what do you mean experience? You keep talking about all these things you have happen. What are you talking about? I don't have that. And oftentimes Brian will go, well, do you see the purple or the blue light or the white and gold light? And they go, well, yeah, I see that all the time. I see the purple or I see the blue. Sometimes it's blue, sometimes it's purple. Yeah, I see that, but I'm not having experience. And Brian will go, but that is the experience. That's the experience we want you to have. That is the great experience. Because once you see that, you are stepping into the greater divine knowing. Just be with the purple light. Be with that blue light. And others will say, well, I don't see anything. It's absolutely dark. I don't see anything. And we'll ask, well, what do you feel? 
well, I feel all these things stirring up inside of me. I see, I feel all this movement. And I just keep loving it, but it, it just keeps coming forward and moving. And we'll say, well, what happens? What happens in that movement? Well, things begin to change, drop away. I begin to have a different perspective on my life because my feelings begin to come into harmony or oneness. That's experience. So I began this discussion talking about how subtle this pathway is and yet how brilliant the light is, how loud the voice is that is the light and the sound. Experience can be both loud and bright and experience can be very subtle. It's for us to pay attention to every moment of our experience not just in meditation, but in our daily lives. And to pay attention to the subtleties of things. Pay attention to that subtle movement of the divine in all things. And believe me, the divine is in all creation. And the divine is ever moving. The divine that is God is loving. And loving is ever moving. It is a river of love that is ever, ever moving. There's a current of loving that is ever moving throughout all creation and it is that movement of loving that keeps creation alive and in motion and in experience. Someday, this creation, this physical universe creation, that the Lord of this creation, Lucifer, Satan, Kal, whatever you call him, will come to an end. And it will come to an end because the Lord of all creations will move the energy of loving out of this creation and allow this creation to come quiet. There will not be that movement. There will not be that awareness. There will not be that action of loving, the current of loving, the sound current that gives life to all expression experience, and manifestation. It will come to a close here until God redirects that river of loving back down into these elements and allows it to come back into manifestation. And that happens too. And what's funny is the Lord of this creation call even knows that but doesn't want to acknowledge it because if he does, he has to acknowledge that there's a greater authority than him and that there's something more powerful than him, which is loving. So be aware you're not here as ones who are walking the inner path of liberation, soul liberation. You are not here to change the world. You are not here to take these things, the power of the name, the action of loving, into the world and demonstrate it and change it. You are here to do that within your own creation, within your own world, and to change there what you can change. And believe me, if you do the inner work to the fullest, you will have changed the world. You will have 
to do nothing, but the world will have changed just by your action of loving and by the action of you liberating your soul of the bondage of this creation. You now create a movement in this creation that eventually will transform it. And you had to do nothing but just to do what you were here to do for yourself. So, I asked you a moment ago, do you have experience in your meditation? Do you sit long enough in your meditation to allow yourself to have experience, true experience, to be able to rise above your imagination of what you think is happening in your meditation, above your emotions that are ever stirring, calling you into trying to figure things out. Now, how am I going to get them to love me again? What did I do to make them hate me? Trying to answer to that and then trying to answer to the questions and the fears of the mind. To rise above all that, to finally begin to have experience. That's why, not us, but God recommends two and a half hours a day of meditation. He recommends it for one reason. Not because he wants you to waste two and a half hours a day, but rather he wants you to utilize two and a half hours a day to finally begin to know the truth of who you are, to begin to identify that and to begin to live more of that into everything else you do. And God knows it takes time to rise above all the elements of the lower selves in order to wake up into the knowing of self as divine. It takes time at this level. What is this level of creation? The time and space. So it takes space and it takes time to rise above the time and space elements of self in order to begin to experience beyond all of that. And God knows that it takes time to sit and to be with self on all the levels, to have the imagination kick up and begin to run. Well, golly, what if I did win that lottery tonight? It's $40 million. And so what would I do with 40 million? Let's see, I'd give, that's your meditation. You're just off in the imagination realm. So God says, no, let's spend more time then the imagination can hold out. So you're going to sit in your meditation and you're going to spend the whole $40 million that you just won in the imaginary winning of the lottery. And then you get to the end of that and then you go into the next level of the emotions. And all of a sudden the emotions kick in and you go, oh God, I can just feel all the jealousy of all the people now that I'm so rich and what they're doing with that. And off you go maybe on the same tangent around having all this money, or maybe other emotions rise up. You've risen above the imagination, and now you're dealing with the element of emotion. So God says, well, let's give them enough time to work through that, let them sit through that, and get beyond the emotions, and then guess what? The mind. Yeah, but why do you deserve that kind of money? Who do you think you are? Why do you want it? Do you really want it? Do you really think you could do anything with it that you haven't done already? Is this money going to make you happy? And the mind goes on and on and on. 
So God said, and that's spent enough time to get beyond the mind. And then you go into the unconscious, and you're asleep. And so God says, so let's let them take a nap in their meditation. But somewhere beyond all that, if they'll spend time with the focus of God first, with the focus of the light and sound first, and holding the name of the Lord inside first, they're going to wake up even beyond this little nap of the unconscious into the greater knowing of self. And that's what this is about. So if you find yourself sitting in meditation and maybe you get beyond the imagination and now you're in the emotions and the clock ticks and you got to go, oh, i got to get up, i got to get going. Be aware that there are more things to move through to have experience in in order to finally wake up into the divine self. And it may take more than two and a half hours for that to happen. But Jim, I don't have two and a half hours. I don't have more than two and a half hours every day. I need time every day to get up, to take care of the kids, to feed the pets, to feed myself, to get out of the house, to go to work. I need time. I don't have time for all that. I understand how the mind works. I understand how the world has set things up. It's for you to begin to set things up maybe a little bit differently. Find a place where you can sit and meditate, even if it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, to begin creating the discipline, to begin to create the action of awakening inside. The more you awaken, the more you're going to want to sit and you'll go, I've got 15 more minutes, I can do this more. You'll just do it because you'll want more. It'll become automatic. And you may find that during the weekdays or the days that you're having to work, you'll spend less time, but you'll give quality time. Isn't that what we always hear? Well, I don't spend quantity time with my kids. I spend quality time with them. Well, spend quality time with God. If you don't have the quantity, do the quality. Do it with intention. Do it with focus. Do it with loving. Do it with the conscious knowing, I am going to stay awake. I am going to stay present. I am going to come awake to God. Even in this 15 minutes that I'm going to do this right now, I am going to do it with quality. And that will make a difference. And on those days you're off, on those times where you have more, give more time. Maybe it's get the kids off to play. Get the wife or the husband out of the house. Or you get out of the house and you go somewhere where you can be quiet. Where you can park the car in the countryside or go into a church. I mean, there's nobody in the church except on Sundays. <laughs> go into the church and just sit there. I used to do that all the time. I used to go into a Catholic church when I was a child. After I went from school... There was a Catholic church, and I often would go and sit there in the Catholic church, and this priest would come in and say, did you want to do confession? And I'd go, no, I wasn't Catholic. I didn't even know what that was about at the time. I said, no. He says, well, what are you here for? Do you need some help? i go, no, no, I just want to be with God right now. And he'd look at me, and he'd go, I wish everybody else was like you. 
and off he would go. And so after coming in a few times, every time I would, I didn't go every day, but when I'd go, he'd come and check me out to make sure I was okay and why I was here. And, and finally, he was just glad to see me. He'd wave at me and as I was going in or going out and just leave me alone because I was wanting to be with God. I didn't want to be with him, <laughs> the priest. I just wanted to be with God. So I know nobody's in the churches. Now the thing is that a lot of times they lock the churches up on the weekdays. They don't even give you the opportunity to go inside of them because you might just steal something. So sit outside the church. Sit in the parking lot. That's what I used to do until I had the courage to go into a Catholic church. I wasn't Catholic. I didn't know if I had the right to go in. So I'd sit outside and I'd look in the windows. And I'd look and I'd see the altar and I'd see the crucifix and I'd see the statues and that would just pull me into a different focus. And then I'd begin to have my experience, whatever that was. And then I'd close my eyes and I'd talk to God. And then one day I had the courage. I thought, I'm just going to see if the doors are locked. I, it was, and I, I stepped in. I stepped into the back of the church. And I stepped into the sanctuary part and, and I looked around and it seemed okay. Nothing was happening. Nobody was coming after me. So I sat down and I let it be okay inside of me. And then it was okay. So find the time, find the place, and give yourself that opportunity to wake up, whatever it might be. And on those days when you have the time, give it to God. On those days where you're sitting in front of the TV in the evening and you've seen this movie five times before, but there's nothing else on, and at least I like this one, so I'll watch it again. Or you're listening to the news and they're bombing Lebanon, and Iran's ready to attack, and this and that's going on. And you go, golly, this is just like the news 10 years ago. And I remember hearing this when I was a kid. Stop and think, yes, it's the same news. It's the same world. The events are just going to continue. Nothing new is happening. So why not just turn it off and be with God? And see what happens there. Give God some time. Give God opportunity. I found myself this morning in that place. I sat down. I did my meditation. Finished my meditation. Went and made some coffee. Came back and sat down. And I started to turn on the TV. To see, well, I wonder what's going on in the news now. And inside I went, you know what? I don't need that. I don't need that. I know what's going on in the news. It's the same old news all the time. The names have changed, the faces have changed, but the news is the same. It is, because that's the world. So I put down the remote control and I said, okay, now what am I going to do? And I heard inside, well, why don't we just listen to something? Why don't we listen to a talk? And so I went and I got a tape and I began to listen to a tape. And as I listened, I went back inside again, and I went into a greater depth of understanding within myself. If I hadn't had that experience of not turning on the TV and listening inside to what's next, then if I don't watch the TV, what am I going to do with myself? If I hadn't done that and followed that, I wouldn't have had that experience I had in that moment. And I love it when I allow myself to move into the experience of spirit. What did I experience in that moment? I experienced a wave 
of loving. Just move from behind me, through me, and out the front. And it just began to move. These waves of loving, waves of loving. And as they began to move through me, I began to experience them expanding until this wave energy was way, way, way above my head. And all of a sudden I realized that I was moving on a wave. I no longer was sitting in my chair and was just feeling these waves moving through me. All of a sudden I was caught up in the current of loving. I was moving on a wave on this continual movement of this wave action of loving. And I was just moving and moving in this buoyancy of love. And that was my experience. That's experience. Just to be in the movement of loving. It's not about seeing angels, moving through all these different realms, seeing the cities on these different levels, going to school and hearing the teacher talk. It's not about all that. It's about moving and loving being caught up in God's movement and identifying yourself as a part of that movement of loving. That's why I'm always saying who we are as the divine, living, loving child of God. We are the living, loving essence of the Lord. We are loving. And one day you will wake up and you will know that. And one day you will wake up and know that you never left the heart of God. And I know that because I see that every day. I see you in the heart of God every day, every day, every moment of every day. When I said that, I saw it. And it just brings joy to me because I know you're there even if you don't know you're there. And all I want you to do is to remember that you're there, to wake up and know that you're there and to begin to live from there even while you're in this physical form so that this physical world doesn't beat you up with all that it is, but rather you can stand in the chaos, in loving, in neutrality, in non-reactiveness, and be active in the midst of all that is here. And the activeness that I'm talking about is the movement of loving. That's the only action that there's for us to do. Love it all. Love it all within ourselves. Love all that we are, who we are, why we are, how we are, if we are. And love all this creation. And believe me, when you walk up one day, or a call walks up to you one day, the Lord of this creation walks up to you, and you turn to the Lord of this creation and say, I love you. He's going to say, get out. Because he doesn't want your love. He wants your fear. That's why death exists. Because he knows he can only control you through fear. And the greatest fear is death. And so it's by creating fear through the action of death that he maintains authority and control over you. So I'm here to say, there is no death and there is no fear. The soul is eternal. The soul is unchangeable. 
And there is nothing to fear because there is nothing that is fearful or to be feared. There is nothing. It's all illusion. It's all imagination. Just like that little creature under your bed when you were a child that wouldn't let you step on the floor at night because you knew it was going to get you, bite you, grab a hold of you, and you knew if you just stayed in the center of the bed and sheets tight around you that it couldn't touch you, that it might try to grab up around the bed, but it wasn't tall enough, thank God, to get you. And you just didn't want to get close enough to the edge because it might just grab you and pull you down. And you certainly didn't want to step on the floor because it would get a hold of you and that'd be it. It'd drag you under the bed and into its own creation and you'd be lost forever. So that was the little demon under my bed. (laughs) That's all imagination. And you know it today, but yet if you go home tonight and you turn off all the lights and you lay in your bed and you begin to think about it, you're all of a sudden going to hear it down there You're going to feel it moving underneath the bed and you're not going to want to step on the floor because you know something's going to reach out and grab you. That's your imagination. That's the power of fear. It's imagination. It's make-believe. That's the power of the fear of death. It's all make-believe. It's all a part of God's illusion that he has created for us. So all we have to do is step beyond that illusion, beyond that realm of imagination within us in our meditation, and fear begins to dispel, disperse, dissolve. And the higher we go, the more we wake up into the truth of ourselves as soul, as divine, the more we begin to realize there is no death. And we rise above the physical form and we look down upon it and we go, oh my God, there's my body. And here I am. I'm not the body. I really am not the body. You're right. Oh, my God, look at this. That body could be dead right now, but look at me. I'm alive. And then you begin to really overcome that fear of death because you've just now overcome death. You now know you are not the body and you are not going to die. Yeah, your body's going to die, but you're not. That's a wonderful moment to have. And maybe it's not in an out-of-body experience just as I've described. Maybe it's just an inner knowing of a great peace that comes when you are around situations of death. A great peace that comes when you begin to think about your moment of death and what is it going to be like. And yet there's peace there. Hey, Maybe I'm not afraid anymore. Maybe there's nothing to fear. Recently we had an individual who's an initiate whose son died. And she had a most wonderful experience in the midst of all that because she didn't go into fear. She didn't go into that remorse and that power of emotion and imagination that oftentimes death of a loved one will create for us, the guilt and all that will run. They found themselves stepping free and looking upon this in a very different light, in a light of loving, in a light of peace, in a light of neutrality, 
and the light of quiet. And they said, Jim, I can't believe it. If I never have another experience again, I know this path is true just by what I have experienced in this moment. I know this path is true. I know that I'm living this path now. I don't have to ask you anymore, am I doing it? Am I doing it? I know I'm doing it because of how I'm living this moment. That's how you know that's experience. That's the experience I want to hear you have. Where you are so living it, and you are so free of the living in this creation, and you are living the creation of the spirit of yourself, that that experience confirms to you this pathway is true, and that you are living this pathway, that your meditation is true, and you are living the meditation, that the power of the name is true, and the power of the name is living in you and through you and around you in all ways, and that you experience the extension of that grace in you and through you to all your loved ones, to all that is around you, that you experience that, and you witness that, and you begin to live that more each day because of that experience. That's what this pathway is about. And that's what Brian and I are about. That's why we are serving this together. That's why we share with you together in loving, in joy, in peace. And as I've always said, we have but one thing to share with you and we'll just keep repeating it over and over and over and over. God is loving. God is loving you. You're loving God. And in that loving, you will unite with God. We say it in so many different words, so many different ways, sometimes in a quick statement, sometimes it takes two hours to say the same thing. But it's always the same. And we will say it over and over and over until that day when you can call us and go, oh my God, I don't have to ask if this is true anymore. I don't have to ask if I'm living anymore. I know it. I know it's true. I know I'm living it. And then you'll just continue to live it to the greater fullness all the time. And does your life change? Dramatically. And does the world around you change? I don't know. That's for you to decide. The world changes dramatically inside of you. Your attitude, your approach to life changes. Now, does the world around you change dramatically? That's for you to look and see. I'm not going to say yes and I'm not going to say no because it's going to be through your perception in any given moment as to whether it's changing or not and how dramatic it is or how little it is. But I do know that once change takes place inside of you, your creations begin to change and how you hold your creations together and how you format your creations to be change. And then the outer does change. For some, it's very dramatic and drastic and immediate. And for others, it's a gradual process as it changes from the inner to the outer. It's for each of us to discover in our own way. 
But do pay attention to those subtle movements of spirit. Spirit and its movement is subtle. That's a part of the agreement of the Lord, creator of all creation, made with the Lord and creator of this creation a long time ago. The Lord of this creation said, now, I'm creating this. You gave me authority over the void. I'm creating here. Whatever I create here is mine, right? And the Lord God of all said, yes, that's right. And the Lord of this creation said, and so anything that comes down here in my creation, they have to worship me. They have to honor me. They have to look to me as the creator, right? And the Lord God of all creation said, right. And the Lord of this creation said, so that means you can't come down here and create disturbance and create waves and get attention and have them begin to believe in you as the creator and not me, right? And the Lord God said, right. And in that, I will come into your creation, but I will come in so quietly, so subtly, that nothing in your creation will feel me or know me, ever be aware of me, except for those that can feel me and know me. Those that are ready, they will feel my movement. They will feel my stirring. They will hear my call and see my light. They will know it. And they will begin to question and to doubt all that you have set for them to follow, to believe, to honor. And eventually they will listen to that subtle movement of spirit inside of them and follow after me. But I will not disturb your creation, nor will I disturb those that come into your creation. I will let them find me on their own. So God and the movement of love are loving, that is God, moves to this creation so gently, so subtly, that it does not create any disturbance in any of this creation. Not a blade of grass moves, not a heart stirs with the movement of God's loving, except for those that are responsive, that are ready to go home. They respond to that subtle movement of God's loving. They begin to hear that inner call of the sound current calling them home. They begin to respond to that spark of light that is ever-present leading them to a greater light than the light of this creation. So, if I say nothing more today than what I've said, I think I've given a good foundation, a good understanding of why meditation, why the time, and what to pay attention to. And to give yourself the experience to have your own experience, give your opportunities in your meditation to have the experience that is yours. And do not look to my experience or to Brian's experience or to anybody else's. And honor your own. Journal them, write them down, honor them, love them, respect them. Even in your journal, if you write in a day Nothing happened, absolutely nothing happened. Didn't see anything, didn't hear anything, didn't feel anything. I just kind of wandered all over the place. 
That's your experience. Honor it. That's experience. That's some of the greatest thing that you can do is to be aware that that's a foundation point upon which you can build your pathway home to God. It's to even honor that which was nothing. Nothing happened. Well, something happened because you wrote down nothing happened. Maybe you were in such a state of nothing you don't remember, and maybe you're saying nothing happened because you were just following after the imagination. Well, that was something. Write it down. What did you imagine? What was it you were following after? That can be insightful to awakening. Somewhere in there, you may even begin to see the subtle movement of spirit as it began to come in and talk to you about how to honor and how to move through this imaginational experience in a way that you might not have otherwise done. Maybe there was a part of you while you were imagining it goes, oh, I'm just going to love them. You know, that's fine. I don't need to do, do anything with them. I'll just love them. Well, that was a movement of spirit in that moment. So even if nothing happens, and even if you just write two, three, four words, nothing happened today. Nothing in meditation today. Let that be the experience you write down. And let that be experience. The moment you begin to name that as your experience, you just now open the door for more experience to come in. Even the mind will go, oh, they want more experience. Okay, well, we'll give them more experience. Well, eventually, that subtle movement of loving, that wave of loving that moves throughout creation will move through that that the mind has now given permission to come forward and you'll begin to see a different experience manifesting. So even allow that to take place. So, I think that's it. And, oh my God, (laughs) I guess that's it. That's so funny. I always, when a spirit pulls up, I, I don't even know why, except that I, I'm done. <laughs> but I guess it is done. It's time. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you all very much, and lots of love, and have a good week, and we'll see you next Sunday. <laughs>